<laughs> that's what life is about. That's what life so, is about. So that means you're going to be ready for me <laughs> to stick my head in your vagina at the live show, right? Since we're just trying new I, shit. We're not trying that new shit. As a matter of fact, that's old shit because we discussed that before. We're yeah, still but not you haven't that. done it yet. Until you do it, it's still new shit. But I told you what the fair exchange is. You let me peg you and, and everything's fair. Everything's on the table. No, no, that's not going to happen. Right. No, because you're unfair. Because you want me to suffer, but you don't want to suffer. That's not so suffering. Here for that. I mean, the video that I posted looked like the lady was enjoying it, so I don't think it would be suffrage, I think. Good for her and her stress. <laughs> Nobody's doing that on this side of the planet. Nobody. 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 You can't have Quentin Pumpum if somebody could put their whole that is true. in your That is true. All right. That is true. And we'd be so, affecting the brand if you can't if you can't quint anymore. That's affecting the brand. So, you know, we can't, yeah. You tell the masses? Nobody's, nobody's here for that. I'm so sorry. No. That feels like, you know, she's that woman that if you're going to a club and you need to hide like a bottle, she just put it in her vagina for you and just hide it in there. <laughs> or like the movie theater, you want to smuggle in a two liter, you know, just... You see what I'm saying, right? She's the girl that you want to have on your side, right? <laughs> the gene is persistent and it's going to stay that way. AJ, I feel like it's been forever since we recorded, and it really hasn't. It's just that we missed a recording, but we haven't missed the episode, so it's it's all good. You know, that's that's the dedication that we got. We bring you guys that we can miss a week of recording, and you still got your episode last week. You still get your episode right. this week. Not, not, nothing missed at all. We just, I don't know anybody else who delivers that quality. We posted last week, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's because, yeah, we're on top of our shit. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Love. Love. Lust. Lust. And battle soul. to the topics for this week i guess we should introduce i i this is love lust and badass so if you guys haven't figured it out by now i am one of your hosts i am ceo hayes we are a mere 10 days away from the live show this My is my heart yeah it's, yeah it's going crazy it took forever to come but now that it's here i feel like it's it's like it's speeding up really quickly like it's fast forwarding super duper fast. oh yeah once 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 july hit it's been flying by because you know july hit it's like oh we still got most of the month until the show and then i look up and like july is almost over it's crazy you got 10 days 10 days wow i'm nervous i feel like this one is gonna be different like we definitely have i think we're like half and half for male uh attendees and female attendees this time which is kind of unnerving me like I'm, I'm used to more women being there, which is is okay and that kind of thing. But, but you know what? I think I don't know. Like I keep posting, like you know, come come see me in Atlanta. Like I'm, I'm talking specifically to I don't know who. Like not anybody, but you know, people are like, oh, she wants me to come see her. Let me, let me come on down and see what's going on. <laughs> but, mm. oh, I like the snazzy haircut. It's not Friday though. Well, it's not Friday. I know this. 
So what happened? I'm used to the fancy haircut on a Friday. What happened? It's only Wednesday. I had to get it early for a particular reason. And then I have to get it again before I go to Atlanta. So don't don't. It, this is all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. Um, so what, what's the particular reason that you had to get the haircut for? You'll see July twenty seventh. But you said you're getting it done again. Yeah, but I I'll have something. I'll have something for you that'll be indicative of it getting done early this week. Okay. I'm scared. You should be. <laughs> I'm not excited. I'm scared. Should I be worried? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but so we are officially one of the 150 top comedy podcasts of all of Apple we're, Podcasts. We're 140. We're not even in the top 150. We're at 140. Let's call it what it is because we upgraded. We were at 147. And we rose up to 140. We're in the top. I don't even, like, my head hurts me when I think about it. Like, how big that is. CJ, seriously, big things. Very big. Um, it's crazy, and right? And that's just, like, all iTunes podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's wild. Um, when I saw that, it was, it like, <laughs> honestly, like, my... I don't know, like it was a mix of like disbelief and shock and all and a little bit also of, you know, you know what? We fucking deserve it. Like it was a mix of all those feelings all in one. So. Yeah. So like, OK, so when we hit 100, we have to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got to celebrate. Hopefully we'll hit 100 by the time we have our last live event, because I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We'd have to. It's just gonna keep. It's just gonna keep growing and growing at this point. Yeah, that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. It is. Well, ma'am, uh, we got some topics this week. Um, whew, I, I'm, I, I honestly just because of what you sent me, uh, like a couple of hours ago, I kind of want to move the last topic to the f- to the front. Are you Are you cool with that? Yeah, I am okay. actually. All right, so there was originally a video that we had on our docket that uh, a woman who was walking home, I believe, from working out, and there was an aggressive guy that was pursuing her. And she made the video of how how crazy it is for her not to be able to just walk alone in broad daylight in the middle of the day without an aggressive man coming on her, which was bad enough. We had a lot to talk about when we kind of unpacked that. But to get into kind of taking another level, you sent me uh, an article today in which a woman uh, turned down a man and he knocked her the fuck out. Yeah. Got physically violent. So, so yeah. And this is something yeah. that I think that we definitely need to talk about. And the reason I want to talk about it at the top of the show is I think because as a man, we can only understand it so much. So I really want you to add some perspective on it and, and your feelings. So go ahead, AJ. So uh, to give some background to it. So the, the first young lady, um, she was she's a, she's a young woman. She's in her early 20s, I would say. Um, as CJ said, she was on her way home from the gym. And some man, you know, was trying to talk to her. And she said, you know, respectfully, she's not interested. She kept walking. He tried to grab her arm. Um, she pulled away from him. And, you know, she took off running or whatever to get away from him. And he pulls up in a car, <laughs> like, continues to pursue her, but pulls up in a car and continues to try to talk to her, tries to get her into the car, um, you know, uh, and she basically just ran to get away from him. Um, and she said that it wasn't the first time that it happened. 
so, I mean, that's one thing. And then the article that I read today, it was an 18-year-old young lady, 18 or 19 years old, and she was leaving, um, I think she was leaving a club with her friend or something to that effect, and uh, a guy and his three friends um, approached them, her and her friend, and she politely said, you know what, um, you know, respectfully, I'm not interested, and he took offense to that and punched her in the face and knocked her out. And when she came to and she looked over, her, his, his friends were basically trying to restrain her, her girlfriend. And fortunately, some people in the community came to their aid. Um, I don't know what happened to the perpetrators, if they were caught or if they took off or what have you. So, you know, things like this, when I think about um, my daughter, she's 21 and she's big and she's beautiful, you know, and, and you know, like if she's going to the store by herself at night, like I try to send her brother with her and she tries to reassure me not to worry. And I keep saying to her, like, it's not you that I'm concerned about. It's the sick people that are out there that don't know what the fuck no means. You know, I've had those, not for somebody to try to grab me, but you know, those people who are pursuing where you're like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Oh, so so why aren't you interested? You know, I'm just not interested. Oh, what? You got a man? No, I don't. So then why the fuck aren't you? And then it starts to become aggressive. Like, why the fuck aren't you interested? I'm showing you interest, so why aren't you interested in me back? It's, it's almost as if, you know, you have these group of men that somewhere in their mind, if I like a woman, then she should like me back. She yeah. should feel flattered that I'm interested in her, and it just doesn't fucking work that way. And I've had situations, not me personally, but I know people were like, oh, anyway, you're an ugly bitch anyways, or you're fucked anyways, nobody don't want you. Okay, so tell me why you approached me to begin with. If you think that I'm ugly, why did you say something to begin with? Or if you think I'm a fat bitch, why did you think say something to begin with you know because now they take it as a slight and they feel like their their egos are bruised i don't know who the fuck dragged up these barn animals and who the fuck you know is is parenting these parasites but really and truly they all need like a fucking kick in their face how are you going to punch a, a young woman in her face and knock her out because she told you no i'm not interested like seriously like that's that's just straight jail time and he needs for someone to hold him and make him their bitch plain and simple yeah i think i think i think anyone who attacks uh, i think you said it on a previous podcast anyone who attacks a woman rape whatever they deserve to be pegged that should be part of their punishment on top of jail time violently Absolutely. pegged like not just not Absolutely. just just pegged no, like, no. no lube spit no nothing just dry <laughs> dry and and and, I, and it, as as a father of daughters and I, this is where i'm happy that my son is the oldest and he's like super protective over his well even alan He's the youngest thing in the family. He doesn't play about his damn sisters at all. Like he, have I ever told you the story of the time that uh, we were at like this bounce house or whatever, um, and this little boy knocked Alana down once. And so one time, Alan kind of was like he helped his sister up. He kind of looked me, mugged the boy, whatever. He knocked Alana down again. Before Alana touched the ground, he punched the boy inside of his face, and the boy was on the ground too. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, Ellen does not. He does not play when it comes to his sisters at all. But to get kind of back on track, I think that a how how entitled are these dudes are to where if someone turns them down, a they don't owe you a fucking explanation. B your your pride is so fucking hurt that you decide to attack the woman, bro. Like that that's that shit's sad. And yeah, I hope he gets the amount uh, the max amount of jail time. And I think that. As men, we need to A, be aware of our presence. I've always said that we need to be aware that sometimes our presence alone can be intimidating. But I think now we also need to be aware that women are are traumatized in a sense because of things and stories like this, that they are scared. Like when you approach a woman, you can come with the best intents possible, be one of the best guys. There's going to be they're going to be a little tense. 
from the get-go because of how aggressive some guys can be and because of being attacked and things like this and just being feared for their safety in general. And in fucking 2019, almost everyone has to be fearful of their safety to a degree. So, like, I think as men, we need to be more aware uh, of, of things that women need to go through And that's why I'm glad that we, we talk about this stuff On this podcast, I'm glad And that's one of the things that make us unique Is because we offer a male and female perspective On this podcast And I get to learn the, the female perspective As much as I can from you Who's very uh, well and outspoken And vice versa And that's one of the things that I think make us special And men, we have to do better We really do, we have to do better you know, it's crazy when you just talked about <clears throat> like um, male energy. It's really funny because there are times where um, I can feel like if someone is coming to talk to me and it's somebody that I don't know, I will literally put my car keys between my, my fingers in the event that I have to fight. And it's crazy that I have to think that way based mm -hmm. on the way that someone is walking towards me or based on the energy that someone is presenting toward me. Even if they're just coming over to say, hi, I think that you're really pretty. Can I get to know you? Whatever, whatever. Something about their demeanor, something about their approach, something about the way that they walk, something about the way that they carry themselves makes me feel like I have to be on guard. And that's crazy. You know, yeah. I, I don't know how any man could think that an aggressive, we're not fucking cavemen. You're not dragging bitches by their hair and saying, hi, mom, I brought, I brought my wife home, you know, kicking and screaming. We don't live in that, in that era no more. It just doesn't work that way. You know, I don't know what it is with men who have this perception that the more aggressive you are towards a woman, the more attractive it'll be because she'll see that you're a manly man and that you, you know, like you're strong. Strength doesn't come from overpowering someone. Exactly. Strength doesn't come from intimidating someone. Strength doesn't come from bullying someone and strength doesn't come from making someone fearful of who you are. You know what it does? It turns you the fuck, it turns the woman the fuck off and makes her scared. Like to want to not even want to get to know you in any way, shape or form. You're like, ah, bro, I'm good. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, you know? And, and the part for me that's the scariest is, you know, these men have mothers, the majority of them, you know, or they have women in their lives where it's like, I think to myself again, who the fuck dragged you up? How do you not have a woman in your life that you look at as an example and say, you know what? I would like a woman like that in my life, but I don't want to bully her. I don't want to intimidate her. I want to talk to her. I want her to see that I am, you know, a man in the strength of my character based on other things, not my physical intimidating strength. And then if she says no to me, you know, how do you not just politely and respectfully walk away and say, you know what? Thank you for your time and just keep moving. You take personal offense to someone that you don't know saying no to you. How? Yeah. How? On what planet does that happen? Yeah. Yeah, people need to get their life together. That shit is just it's it's fucking disgusting. It really is, and you know, uh, and it's good that you said that that you made that uh, you put that out in the universe so that the men who are listening be aware that our energy is the same energy that someone when they know you and they're with you that they feel protected by can be that same energy that someone gets intimidated by when they don't fucking know you. So you have yeah. to be aware of that. Um, but yeah, anything left on this topic before we move on? No. All right, so this next one is a listener question that was submitted. AJ, CJ, how do you know if someone genuinely, genuinely, genuinely likes you for you, <laughs> genuinely likes you for you, or more so because of your popularity? This is a good question. Yeah, um, so I don't know. Like, I'm having a hard time at, at this point where we are. 
Um, and with the popularity of the podcast and the live events and my business and a bunch of like background things that are going on, honestly, CJ, I don't know right now. <laughs> like usually if I, if I, if somebody, um, messages me or they're interested in my first question generally is like, how do you know me? How did you find me? Yeah. I, I do. And it's really bad because I feel like, you know, you should be able to just have conversation with people, but I'm starting to be weary of the fact that I'm a little bit more popular than the average woman, maybe. Um, and so there are, there are things that come with that. And so like, I, I, I struggle with, okay. So for example, if I meet somebody and they know about the podcast and, and all that kind of stuff, and then they ask me, what do I do for a living? I, I tell them that I, I'm a, a janitor. Like I clean toilets for a living. This is what I do like my full-time job just to hear what it is that they're going to say. You know what I mean? I don't tell anybody that, you know, what my actual life is and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I, I'm struggling with that right now about trying to discern whether somebody is interested in me just because I'm AJ or they're interested in AJ because AJ's AJ. You understand? Yeah. And my thing, the way that I do it uh, personally is that if, if they bring up the podcast a lot, then no. like that, that's, that's, that's the like, I, I get it. If it's an icebreaker, I get it if it's like, Hey, I know you from your podcast, but if it's like becomes all about that or all about things I said on the podcast, then the conversation can only get so far because again, like kind of like what I talked about at the live show, you're focused on Hayes and not the fact that there's Cordero somewhere underneath there. And so if, if Hayes is your main thing, then okay we're, we're, we could be cordial we can be cool but as far as like taking you seriously then no I, i'm not going to be able to do it so what happens if okay you know you start dating someone and she's about cordero but then you know she comes to like one of the live events and she's latchy latchy because you're hates and then she comes to the next live event and she's latchy latchy because your haze and as much as she appreciates cordero she likes being in the in haze's limelight what do you do that i have no fucking idea <laughs> hey like i just i'm not even gonna try to come up with like a smooth answer i really have no idea how i would approach that probably you know i i talk about it if it's something that i notice like happening and i bring it up to kind of see how that conversation goes i guess but like how I would handle it, I I really don't know because to a certain degree I kind of understand it, right? And, and it may not, it may not even be like that's the only reason why she's there is for the limelight. But at the same time, I if you enjoy it, then I mean, what what am I supposed to? I'm supposed to judge you if you enjoy the fact that there's some limelight there. I can't really judge you for it, but as long as you, I guess, as long as we have that base that. Cordero's who you're interested in the limelight the attention it comes with the territory unfortunately as much as I hate to admit that and as cocky as that sounds I'm really starting to realize that that that's just something that fucking comes with me and I would I would want somebody to be able to understand that and not feel threatened by it but also not be too attracted to it at the same time so it's like a balance that has to be struck right it can also be like I don't know um I know we had talked about this before, you know, um, before I had my children, uh, the person that I was then, I, it's really funny because my daughter actually brought it up to me recently. And she's like, you know, um, I don't know if you know this, but when you and daddy were first together, you know, he hated the person that you were not you yourself, but the, that celebrity side of you, he really didn't like that because he wasn't that kind of person. And it was difficult for him 
And I'm realizing now that that was one of the things that led to our breakup. The popularity just wasn't something for him. Yeah, I recently found out uh, from my daughter that that was a major challenge for him. And I'm thinking like, you know, if you had just talked to me about it at the time, you know, but it, it for some people is overwhelming and then other people revel in it. You have people who will gravitate towards you because of who you are and because of the limelight and your status. Um, they like both parts of you, but they definitely enjoy perks of being, you know, on the arm of somebody who's a little bit more well-known. I feel like that's just going to get worse. Like as things get as the the podcast continues to grow, like especially with us doing like a five city tour next year, I feel like all kind of people are going to start coming out of the woodworks. Like the hey big heads and the oh my gosh I haven't seen you for such a long time and you know them the kind of people that um, that's always my my concern. And then I guess because I'm in a dating phase right now um, and wanting to find somebody wanting but hoping to find someone who balances out my life it makes it difficult to know who is genuinely and sincerely there just for like i said just for aj as opposed to wanting to be with aj because aj's aj and the reason i say that too for so for example there's a guy that i i talked to um from social media not like we, we don't have like any sort of in-depth or heavy kind of conversations but he prints t-shirts and like he's a graphic uh, designer and that kind of thing and he's never said to me before you know hey how can i support the podcast or how can i be a sponsor until today we've been doing the podcast for going on two years until today was the first time he said oh you know, how can I be a sponsor? So I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll send you a sponsorship package and I'll let you know, you know, it's possible that you can sponsor the next show. To me, that feels like now because we're becoming such a success and is growing it, you know, and there's momentum, now he's interested. And it's like, okay, you know, when we were six months in and still building, why weren't you interested in that? So that kind of thing, it makes me weary of people and what their intentions are. And it's sad that you have to say that, but it's true. Like, you do have to be aware of people's intentions, especially, like, when you have something. Like, us being now in the, in the top 150 is going to automatically send that into a higher gear. Because now people, you know, the quality and everything in our following live shows weren't enough. But now that they can use that as to see, like, oh, they're kind of a big deal. They're going to start coming out the woodworks. Yeah. And I mean, being in the top 150 on iTunes is nothing to balk at. Like, that's just, you know, uh, well, those are hurdles will jump as they come and, you know, bridges will cross as they come. And if some of them have to burn down, eh, I've never been afraid afraid of burning a bridge. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so the next question that we have, should your spouse or partner be your best friend? you should answer this one first <laughs> i think i think people romanticize that idea and yes your spouse or partner should be your friend there should like i don't know like it's what what do you mean by best friend there's a lot that you can be said about that like because i think we both say enough that you still need time away from mm-hmm. your spouse you need time to you need your own friendships you need your own things to go do but i mean ultimately as long as it's, it's a healthy balance i don't see any problem with it yeah, I, I, I thought about it and I'm kind of like on the fence because it's like, okay, your best friend is that person that's your go-to, you know, that person that you can fight in about everything, the person that you can talk shit with about just fuckery and not even like serious stuff, 
um, you know, the person who gives you that reality check and not to say that your spouse shouldn't be that person, but okay. So I always think on the negative end of it, suppose you and that person fall out, then what? Yeah. So now you have to try to find a new best friend. And, 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 and so this is my thing. Spouses should absolutely be friends. The basis of your relationship should absolutely be a friendship, but I just don't feel like that person should be your best, best friend because then you're making that person almost like you're everything. So that's like, a, you know, triple responsibility. They're your best friend. They're your spouse. They're your partner for life. They're all these things. And not to say that you shouldn't rely on them that way, but there should be a, an outlet because I feel like to carry that emotional responsibility for another human being, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know what I mean? And it's like when that person is, okay, so for me as a woman, when that person is your husband, they're your best friend, they're your partner, they're your go-to. It's not to say that they shouldn't be the person that you bounce stuff off of, but there should be another outlet both for you and for him as well, or for you and your partner as well. I feel like it's 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 placing a lot of emotional responsibility on one person to carry the weight of you. And I, I, I just, for me personally, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I also feel like it's almost a farce because I really don't feel like, like I hear people say all the time, oh, my husband's my best friend. Oh, my wife's my best friend. You know, I think people don't understand there's a difference between that person being like your spouse and being your everything. That doesn't denote that you're they're your best friend because it, it just, to, it, to me, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make any logical sense. If you transition from being best friends into being in a long-term committed relationship where this person is your spouse now, that's a completely different level than being your best friend. That takes it to a whole other cosmic place. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's why I say it, it's, it's weird. Because it's like, what do you mean by best friend? Um, I mean, in a sense, I understand it. But, yeah, you still have to have those other relationships. You still have to have those other outlets. You still have to have those. Like I said, that that separation is is not the right word to use here because I know people who are going to jump on that. But you still have to have that um, that space that to where you are still your own person with your own likes, your own friendships, your own everything. Um, so, I mean, in a sense, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, all I would say is that your spouse, your partner, shouldn't be the only thing that you have. You still have to have other strong relationships. And I think people lose themselves in relationships by trying to put everything all on this one person. And the, it ends up, the relationship ends up crumbling under the weight of you're unloading all this stuff and, and putting all these expectations into just one person. You should, you should have your own things as well. So, Yeah, I... Uh... I think I've told, I've, I've told this story before, but a, a very good friend of mine, a longstanding friend of mine, one of my best friends, his wife, her only friend is him. So she had friends before, but she kind of just systematically let go of people because he's her best friend and he's her everything. So it's like, you know, whereas he maintains a, maintains a circle, a tight circle of friends, um, both men and women. So he's got like, there's four of us who are his best friends. And he maintains that tight circle. So, you know, when he needs a break, he'll call on any one of us or all of us and we'll hang out and kick it and that kind of thing. She doesn't have that outlet. And so when he leaves to go hang out with, you know, his best friends, she's at home because her best friend is him. And that's unhealthy to me, you know? So it's like, if she's having a shitty day, he gets to hear about it. If, if she's having a great day, he gets to hear about it. If, if she wants to go out, if he's not the person that she goes out with, she stays home. Yeah, that's what me is really bizarre i've said it before and i will say it again until i die there are i think it's three relationships that you should have there's the relationship that you have with your friends 
there's a relationship that you have with your family and your children. And then there's the relationship that you have with your significant other. And in somehow some form or fashion, you find a balance to those things. So whereas when you were single, you'd go out with the girls every weekend. Now that you're married, you go out with the girls once a month, you know, uh, you have specific date nights with your husband and time that you spend with your husband where it's just you and your husband alone. And then there are times where you spend where it's just you and your kids alone. And then there are times that you spend together as a family unit. And yes, it's a juggling act and yes, it's balanced, but it also creates healthy distances and spaces and relationships with all the inner workings of your life. It is crazy to put, it's, to me, that's the equivalent of, of women who were like, oh, my son is my king. My son is my everything. My son is, you know, he's he's the man in my life. Nah, bitch, that's your son. To put that kind of expectation and, and that kind of emotional weight on him is unfair. To put that kind of expectation and emotional weight solely on your spouse, it's unfair. It really and truly is. Well, we are going to go ahead and get into our break. We are going to get into Toy Talk from Erotic Boudoir. And this toy this week is the Jimmy Jane Glow Rabbit Heating Vibrator. Yeah, we'll, be right, we'll be right back after this. Welcome to Toy Talk with Erotic Boudoir. I'm Nick, your personal sex toy sensei, here to help you prioritize your pleasure. This week's toy is the Jimmy Jane Glow Rabbit Heating Vibe. The Jimmy Jane Glow Rabbit Vibrator is the first of its kind to incorporate a warming sensation on the inside with a fluttering clitoral stimulator on the outside. The extremely powerful Japanese motor is enhanced by the flexible shape, which bends for ultimate comfort. The elongated shaft is approachable in size and heats to just above body temperature for a sensual warm sensation. The flexible clitoral stimulator delivers powerful vibrations with an intense fluttering movement that teases and stimulates the clitoris. The Glow Rabbit Vibrator takes the concept of internal, external, twice as nice stimulation to new heights. Jimmy J Rabbits offer the iconic tried and true rabbit shape, which everyone loves with enhanced ergonomics and design elements. It's an experiment in thoughtful design intended to create the best possible customer experience with the world's most beloved vibrator. On our website, it's $117.99, and if you use discount code LLBAS, you receive 10% off. Go to our website, www.touchingbodymindandsoul.com, to get yours today. Remember, prioritize your pleasure with Erotic Boudoir. All right, Jonesy, we're back. Um, we have a listener question this week. Uh, you want to read this one or you want me to read it? I'll read this one. Okay. Um, so it says, hey, Jonesy, quick question. Do you believe that people date people because they're safe? Meaning someone will date a person who is physically less socially desirable to prevent themselves from getting hurt or any other person from looking their somebody and I try to hit them with. So it prevents someone from, you know, trying to steal their, their, their girlfriend or their boyfriend away from them because they're less socially, socially desirable. They're less physically attractive. Um, do you think that happens? I think, I think it does happen. I definitely think that, that I, and matter of fact, I know for a fact my, uh, she grew out of it and hopefully she doesn't jump on me for saying this, but my youngest sister, Trish, she used to specifically date people who were less on the less attractive side because they, it, they worshiped her at that point. 
And she had to grow out of it. She had to grow, but she admitted it. Uh, but yeah, she. This was when this was like maybe senior year, and when she was nineteen. But she's she's twenty, twenty two now. So she's she's grown out of it. Like so, she's not like that anymore. Like her boyfriend now is like a model. So yeah, she's definitely yeah. grown out of that. But um, yeah, and I think people do do that. And I think that. Hmm? Is that a personal insecurity? Yeah, I think that it is. I think that it's either that or like a trauma. Maybe they dated somebody who was really attractive and they got cheated on. So then they say, well, I'm going to date somebody who's lower down the scale. There's a lot of things that go into it. I definitely think that it does happen. I don't think I would I would shy away from saying it's the norm because I think more times than not, people go after who they're attracted to. But it's definitely some people out there that do that. I, I would agree with you. Uh, definitely. Uh, and also, too, based on um, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about that man who was married to the woman and basically just put her down like, you know, you're not cute enough to be going anywhere. And nobody's going to want you. And so he cheats on her because he knows that she's not going to leave because she's not going to do better than him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just sort of physically the way that he looks and financially the way that he's set up. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. Honestly, I, I completely agree with you. I think that there are people out there who choose and okay, so for people who have suffered trauma, like you said, people who have been cheated on, I think that they would pick a downgrade or a, a medium ugly or someone who I hate that term, fucking medium ugly. Someone I work for the a medium little, ugly crew. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> someone who's attractive um, because it's safe, and that person will be grateful to be with them because they're better looking, or you know, now all of a sudden that person is getting more attention because the person that they're with is better looking and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a shitty thing to do to anyone. I understand it from an emotionally damaged perspective. Um, but it's, it's that, you know, the meme that you see that damaged people hurt people. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it does happen. Um, there's a, a friend of mine right now who's with somebody and for how she looks, I would say that the person that she's involved with, she has selected him because he's not as popular and not as attractive um, because she can't deal with the hype of somebody who gets that much attention. Because I think for her, she feels like she's going to be pushed to the wayside and that she's not going to be a focus for somebody that's more attractive. And so it's easier for her to deal with somebody that has less notoriety and who is less noticeable. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. That's weird. I don't get it, but Hey, you know, whatever works for people. (laughs) Um, well, we have one more question this week. AJ, do you want to go ahead and read this last one? Wait, before we get into the last one, um, I want to ask you a question. Totally unrelated to anything. Don't make the sign that it's not bad. Do you think that, okay, does, does this, the, the position that you have sex with somebody in for the first time or the space that you have sex with somebody in for the first time matter? So I will say, okay, so people, there, I know there are people who feel like missionary position, face-to-face sex for the first time is really important because you see the person's face, there's that connection, the eyes dining up and all them things, right? As opposed to if the first time you're having sex, it's bakas and you're getting bakshat, right? Because then it's it's a little bit more dis- disrespectful. I know people who think that way. Also, I also know people who feel like the first time that they have sex should be like in a bed somewhere, in somebody's house, whoever's house, in a hotel room, whatever, as opposed to the first time being on the backseat of a car or the first time being on the couch in someone's basement. 
So fuck all that. No, no, it doesn't matter. No, we're grown as fuck. I'm 32 fucking years old. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It can be. It could be in in the fucking space station, the moon, uh, the couch, the floor, uh, purgatory. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The end goal is all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you stupid? Where's purgatory? Where's purgatory? <laughs> I, I can tell you. I have to tell you off air. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to shoot that. Um, no, because a friend of mine, we were talking recently, and, you know, um, she had gotten into, a, a, it's with someone that she likes and she's interested in being with, and they had gotten into, like, a heated position, our positions. Um, but it was in the backseat of the car, and it was their first time, and she said she felt some type of way, so she stopped. I'm like, but did you actually want it? She's like, yeah, I did, but I just feel like the first time should be, like, in a bed somewhere, or it just shouldn't be in the backseat of the car. Because, the fuck up. You know, but... I'm like, that could have been the best sex of your life in the exactly. backseat of that car. Yeah, fuck all that. Um, just wanted to ask you that. Okay. So, our last question of the day. Um, so, it says, I wanted to ask you if sex before marriage or committing to a long-term relationship matters to you. I've met and fallen in love with a man in the past few years. We are currently engaged to be married in a couple of months. However, past kissing, we've never been intimate. And after hanging out with my girlfriends this weekend and some teasing from them, I'm actually starting to be concerned. I know that neither my future husband nor I are virgins, and we've both had some sexual experience. However, I know that my sexual experiences and my expectations far outweigh his. When I tried to bring up uh, to him about us having sex, he stated that, that at this point, with our wedding only a few months away, that, he, that we should really just wait, and he would prefer it that way. I know that he's not big on oral intimacy, giving or receiving, which in and of itself is of concern to me, but I'm starting to wonder if his size will be pleasing enough for me, and if it's not, once married, there's no real going back. If his package isn't good enough, and he doesn't, and he also doesn't eat pussy, how am I going to survive our marriage without adequate sexual intimacy and having my needs fulfilled? I am entirely prepared to do whatever he wants in order to make him sexually happy outside of our everyday happiness, but I don't know what I don't know that he would be willing to do the same for me. Stop being in selfish ass sexual relationships. Like it's it, it stresses me out to no regard <laughs> when people are like, I'm willing to do this and this, and I know he won't do it. So like you're dealing with somebody who's selfish. Like, talk about the fucking, like, stop, like, you got to talk to him. Like, he's being fucking selfish. Secondly, uh, the kind of the get to the, the first part of it, uh, sex before marriage, I would honestly say, if we've waited, it, let's say we were we were 30 to, to two months out from our marriage and we had made it this long by some grace of God without having sex, I would want to wait too. Honestly, like, at that point, it's like we might as well. Okay, so let me, let me play devil's, devil's advocate. Would you okay? So, no intimacy at all, like no oral. Well, that's not going to no happen with me. Thing. There's no such thing as no intimacy at all. Now, somebody's sucking or licking something. Okay, but that's what I'm asking you. So, when you say like no sex, and like if you've waited that long and you've agreed to like no actual penile penetration, like mm -hmm. no no penis and vagine, that type of sex, would you concede to like oral sex, kissing, and fondling? Oh, that would have happened already. It's me. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I I can probably see myself 
getting married, committing to getting married without having sex, but I'm busting your throat out and vice versa. Like, I just, I couldn't see myself. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. In this particular case, he's not open to having oral sex, even if she is. So then what do you do? Well, I mean, that's, that's, there's, I'm saying with me and me and my, there, it would have never got to the point of us getting married if it would, if I'm not busting something down. I'm just saying, I'm just letting you know. Do you think that we live in a different time now where people are more prone to having sex before marriage so they can test drive the car, so to speak? I think so. I, I, I think that that's a part of it. I think also a part of it is just we just live in a hypersexualized age. Like people like don't take sex as seriously as what they probably should, honestly, anymore. So I think that definitely lends itself to a lot of people having sex before marriage. Um, and then I think a lot of times too, like, I, and this is this this may make me heathen, but honestly, like, would you even if you're a virgin? This and this, I guess, this gets into a deeper conversation. Like, even if I was a virgin, I wouldn't want to get with anybody who was a virgin because I need to know that one of us need to know what the fuck we're doing. That's a very good point. That's a very very good point. <laughs> like, I can, I'm fine with not knowing what the fuck I'm doing, but I need to be able to trust that you know we because we're not gonna figure it out together. We're gonna have basic ass sex the rest of our life if we're both trying to figure it out <laughs> together. Fuck all that. Right. Okay, that's a very good point. Like, so, like if I I would have never known that I like to be choked when I'm coming if somebody didn't reach their fucking hand up and choke the shit out of me while I was coming. If we were both virgins and timid to choke the fuck out of each other, there would be no CJ who's like, if she dies, she dies. That that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for somebody doing it to me. So like, no, I need to. <laughs> no, no. I, and you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's, that's what creates the balance. And, and then hopefully the person who is more experienced, you know, teaches the person who's less experienced and then they can grow and develop and explore together. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I'm 50, 50 about it. You know, it, I think it, it, it's, it's a matter of, I don't even know. I, I feel like if you're already experienced and you have certain sexual expectations to downgrade those sexual expectations in the hopes that the person is going to get there is setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. You got to be willing to I, teach. Right. So I feel like for her, if in her mind she loves having her pussy eaten and she also enjoys sucking dick, to say, okay, well, you can, she can live without those things, even though for your entire sexual repertoire you have it, that to me sounds like it's one of those things, okay, well, once we're married, he'll eventually come around if he knows that those are the things that I like. Nah, so, and most times that doesn't happen. And when people show you selfish tendencies like that, it's very rare that they break from them, honestly. And that's not to paint anyone in the box when people like, yeah, you can do it probably with a lot of it. And it takes a lot of time if you do get them to break out of it. But with something that selfish, it usually takes a while. And so be prepared. You're going to be in for a lot of, of dry, no tongue to vagina action for quite a while, even if you do get them to break it. Or you have to, you know, work on masturbation by the little a little toy that you know you talk to erotic boudoir she got all they got all kinds of stuff for you you know you might have to get the little tongue licker to lick your own clit not you literally but yeah that's that the little if toy somebody can it. lick their own clit i need to see that that's a level of flexibility that i need to witness personally I've somebody i've seen men that suck their own dick you have you have people who are but that's something that protrudes out like to get to lick your own vagina you gotta get in there like you really gotta like 
that's just entirely too much work. The way that you would have to bend up yourself, because it's not like there's, like with a guy, at least you have something that comes up to yeah. meet you. Well, it's man, not meeting you at all. You got to go all the way down there to it. Totally not. The amount of concentration to keep yourself in that bed position to even think about licking your own vagina, no, you'd, you'd snap your spine in half by that time. Your chakras definitely have to be aligned. That's um, all I got to say. I, I'm a believer in sex before marriage. I'm a believer in in testing testing the waters, but not in such a way that it's, it's a make or break, like it's a do or die. Um, but if, you, if you're on the path to getting married anyways, and you guys have had sex, and then all of a sudden decide that you're not going to have sex to wait until you get married, to me, that's just stupid. See, that's one, one. thing. I'm not putting the genie back in the bottle. We fucked before we had before we got married. We're going to keep fucking. Now, if you want to say, you know, let's wait let's wait two weeks out before our honeymoon. Okay, I can get that. But you're not going to all of a sudden, I propose, and you say, let's wait until our married date. No, bitch. It's not happening. No, you're going to wake up, and you're going to have a whole entire dick in your in your face or somewhere. Like, it's going to happen. You wake up with balls all on your forehead. Yeah, all on your forehead. Just wake up and be like, why does my jaw hurt? Oh, I fucked the shit out of your mouth while you were asleep last night. Are you asleep? Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with you? No, but it's true. Like, I, that that to me is it's, it's just, it's pointless, you know? Um, And I, I do agree that having conversation about your sexual, not necessarily your sexual expectations, but your sexual needs is very important. Anyways. Have sex before marriage, get all the goods, feel the package, discuss your needs, and, you know. Stick a thumb up in the ass from time to time. I would definitely do that. I'd have to cut my nails, though. <laughs> well, AJ. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This is a, this has been a... No thumbs, but he's bottom. Thanks, though. Hey. Thanks for that. Hey. I know people who like thumbs up their ass, so. Men? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't talk to none of my friends about what they like sexually. I know. Well, I do. I have. I have one. My closest friend. I've brought him up a podcast a lot. Brian. He like. One day we were just like a family get together, whatnot, and he somehow it came out that he likes having his his man breast suck like like a woman. And I drove oh. his ass in the ground for like six months, but because of it, just because of the way that it came out. I'm not shaming. Like do that shit i like my nipple lick too that shit feels good as hell but like it was just the way that it came out in the conversation it was just like bro bro we are sitting here eating hot dogs right now like how does you why is it why is it why is your man breast being part of in this conversation right now bro um yeah but do you ever do you have like a, a group of friends where you guys would like shoot the shit and talk about things that you like sexually or where that just doesn't happen uh, kind of tangentially but not like in depth like like yo, dog, she lit the tank last night. That shit was like great. We've had conversations like that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> we are ten days away from our live show, Cool and Deadly, Pure Unadulterated Fuckery 4.0, going down in Atlanta, Georgia. The pajama and lingerie party, it is going down. Get your tickets if you haven't already. We're going to promise you a great show. AJ, I know you don't know. And this is the first time I'm telling you, but Hype Williams confirmed she's going to be there, too. She's going to be in attendance. You have fun. Yeah, so it's good that Hype's going to be there. That's family right there. Um, just a great show all, all around, guys. Really, if you can make it out, we really would appreciate it. I guarantee you guys are going to have a great time. But any any ending plugs before you send the people all, along their way, AJ? No, I'm looking forward to the the countdown. The countdown. <laughs> Yep. Well, uh, tell where they can find us. Yes, go ahead and tell the people where they can find us, Miss AJ. 
Um, you can find us on our social media platforms, uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram at lovelustmbas. You can catch all of our episodes on iTunes. Yes, we are in the top 140 on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Anchor and Red Circle. Um, you can email us at lovelustmbas at yahoo.com. Any questions, uh, anything that you'd like for us to discuss, any topics, anything that is socially relevant um we tackle pretty much in everything and i give some pretty good advice um so as far as the show we have six great sponsors that are on board we have erotic boudoir we have gerard art who will be there with some of his paintings and prints we have trap and healthy juices who will be there with fresh cold pressed juices for sale really amazing and healthy stuff we also have B She Cares, which is a skincare, um, a natural skincare line to get your skin right and tight and proper. Vodkilla will be back in the house with us with our two signature drinks, the Red Bearded Assassin, as well as Murder Pussy. Um, I didn't get to try them when we were in D.C., but I'm definitely looking at getting a little bit, you know, toasty, toasty this time around. Um, and we also have Royal Natural, which is a condom brand based in California. They have provided samples of all of their wonderful condoms in chocolate, natural, and strawberry that will be available for everyone that attends. Everyone will get to uh, walk away with a gift. And we also have um, some giveaways. Uh, there's a t-shirt brand, Mr. Jonathan Crow. I don't know if everyone's seen the Bud Gell t-shirt that I was wearing, but he is giving us 10 t-shirts to give away. Um, as part of our raffles for the evening. So there's a lot of stuff to sample and taste and textualize and <laughs> experience and be part of. Um, and it's just going to be a great event. And you guys can half naked. And you get to see us half naked. Well, more so CJ because I'm usually half naked. <laughs> well, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also send us a voicemail at 614-547-2039. I would definitely be half naked. Um, so have fun with that. I also have, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna release. It. I'm just gonna show up. You guys are just gonna see. It's, it's, it's a surprise. It's gonna, it's fun. The after, the after, the after party is going to be fun, 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 fun. But that's it. That's all I have this week, AJ. Anything left? No, that's everything. All right, okay. peace, beautiful and sexy lusties. We'll see you, lovely people, next week. Let me sit this back on you. I feel let me take this off will you watch me watch me let's mess appeal don't take your eyes don't take your eyes off it watch it baby
Trump's trying to hack my computer. He's such a dis. <laughs> well, I don't know how he's still alive. I just don't understand. And then I, I, I was, I was reading this thing on uh, the Shade Room, and there was this guy, a young black man, who was talking about. Apparently, there's a group of people who are, you know, blacks, blacks for the support of Trump, or some bullshit. Because they don't believe that Trump is racist. They believe that Trump is for the black yeah, people. Yeah, I saw, like, there's, like, a video of it, like, a whole, like, group, and it's like... Are you guys retarded? Like, seriously, are you retarded? Yeah. This man is telling people to go back where they came from, knowing that his family is not from this country, knowing that none of us are from this country. So everybody has to... Sorry, not American, but... Yeah, that's not... Yeah. I just I don't understand any black person any black American who supports Trump and is not fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Sorry. 